It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The bigger news might have come today at Hallis Hall when uh, Roquan Smith remains one of those stories that won't go away. Yeah, David, a new character introduced into the miniseries on Monday with the NFL sending a memo to all the teams in the league advising them of a man named St. Omni who is apparently advising Roquan Smith in these contract negotiations and has been reaching out uh, to various teams around the league to gauge the trade market on behalf of Roquan Smith. As you know, this is a real no-no in the league, and the league wanted to make it very clear to teams around the league, many of whom had reached out to, to, to folks that we know. Brad Briggs had, had taken a couple uh, calls and messages from, from folks saying this is a weird situation, and there's this uh, character in the shadows reaching out asking us about interest in Roquan Smith. Part of the memo that the league sent out today said that Mr. Omni is prohibited from negotiating player contracts or discussing potential trades on behalf of any NFL player or prospective player or assisting in or advising with respect to such negotiations. So this is a non-certified NFLPA, uh, not certified by the NFLPA uh, spokesman working on behalf of Roquan, and it only makes the drama a little bit thicker. Monday's practice out at House Hall was a very short session but it's the first one that we didn't see Roquan Smith beside the practice field for I don't know if he was in attendance at Hallis Hall today and just not there because it was a short session or if there's more to this story now so again as you mentioned it's just more drama on top of a situation that didn't need more drama Dan Roquan Smith warmed up before Saturday's game at Soldier Field he did conditioning drills he has been at Hallis Hall it's a hold in more than it is a hold out but I don't want to read too much into it everyone's got an opinion mine is it seems as if this latest development implies Roquan Smith's situation might be unraveling a little bit, getting out of control. It seems a little bit erratic. It is unprofessional. I don't know if this is the way you want to go about getting your way if you're staging a protest. I don't know if he's winning, and I don't think there's a lot of uh, Bears fans out there that are clamoring for Roquan Smith to get into camp. I think they have other things on their mind. Did he misread the way that his protest would be received? It's a great question, David, and erratic is a good word that you use. And I had uh, a message from someone in the league that said this is not a good look and not a great impression. And if you're trying to make a good impression on other teams around the league to, to convince them that they would be uh, in uh, well served by by giving you $100 million and giving away draft capital to, to acquire you, then you want to be a little bit smoother in how you show the rest of the league that you do business. Roquan's a little bit sloppy right now with the way things are going. And, and to your point, I, I really felt like that statement issued a week ago uh, through Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network was a power play by Roquan Smith partially designed to rally support, right? It's the reason that he used uh, the names of Wilbur Marshall and Mike Singletary and Dick Buckus and Brian Urlacher trying to uh, play to the emotions of Bears fans that say, yeah, you're our next all-time great and we want you here no matter what. Pay the man. And he was expecting this flood of uh, of support. And I feel like the the at best, the reaction of fans has been split. Some people saying, yeah, he, he deserves to be paid and others saying, he, he, you know, I don't know that he's on that level. And so if he's not here, 
so be it. The other part of this, David, that I mentioned uh, throughout the weekend is that Roquan also is not in a locker room where there are 50-plus guys who are, are railing to have his back. There's a lot of guys in that locker room who have never played a snap with Roquan Smith, right, outside of practice. And so what, you don't have this, this group that is like, we've been together for five years, we're going we're gonna to have you no matter what. And so there's a lot of guys on that defense and in that locker room that are like, if he's here, he's here. If he's not, he's not. And so that part of the battle, I don't think Roquan's winning. So I wonder this, Dan, if it's fair to to ask, you know, this is a, a big week because the Bears have to go to Seattle on Thursday for a game. That means they leave on Wednesday. Ideally, the Bears would have him locked up before then. I don't know how realistic that is. I also don't think it's very good timing for him to make his argument when the NFL uh, network releases its top 100 players. <laughs> I said this uh, the, on the radio this morning in the Mully Haw show. I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's a human reaction. He's 84th. He's 84. That means yeah. there are 83 players deemed better than Roquan Smith by people who evaluate such things. That's a heck of a place to be for a guy arguing that he wants $20 million a year. I can say that Roquan Smith is one of the top five uh, to eight outside linebackers, off the ball linebackers in the league. And yet I wonder if that's going to end up getting him the $20 million a year deal that uh, he reportedly seeks. Do you think it's bad timing? Do you think the clock is ticking louder? How will he respond? Well, we'll see. We'll see how he responds. I think you're right in saying the best five to eight, right, in in that in that sort of realm. And he's not in the top three in, in a lot of people's eyes in this league. You talk about Shaq Leonard and Fred Warner and Micah Parsons as being the guys that most people around the league put on the top shelf of, of inside linebackers in this league. And then you go down a shelf and it's it's the Devin Whites and the Roquan Smiths and the Bobby Wagners and the Levante Davids, Demario Davis, Eric Kendricks. That, that That's the class that Roquan's in. That's not an insult. People telling you you're a real good player is not an insult. They're just not telling you you're a superstar. And Roquan obviously perceives himself as a superstar, wants to be rewarded as a superstar and nothing in the outside world, nothing in his production through his first four years tells you that again, it's not an insult to say you're not a superstar. You're still a really good, possibly great player. And so now you've got to wrap your brain around that and figure out what that looks like going forward in terms of deadlines, right? The bears don't really have a deadline in this situation. The bears are not expecting to contend for anything in 2022. So if rope one misses the month of September, what does that mean to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus? Very little, right? Sure. They would like to have him in their defense. Sure. They would like to build momentum and, and, and see what he's all about there. But this team, it's not going to make the difference between whether this team in January has its arrow way up or way down, right? This is a long-term build for this team and so those games in September it don't mean a whole lot and it's not going to uh, push Ryan Poles into making rash decisions because he needs his his you know starting will linebacker on the field in week one last thing on this issue and I know you, it's probably an impossible question to answer but it does get raised when you have this kind of news come out about the letter to the, the rest of the league and the uncertified yeah. agent acting on his behalf. Does somebody <laughs> like uh, St. Omni uh, acting on Roquan's behalf and people kind of chuckling and wondering what this is and it seems unprofessional, does that undercut his credibility in these kind of talks or does it damage or diminish the, the claim, his claim that he does deserve what he is, what he wants to get paid because of the 
the nature or the method with which he's trying to achieve it. So, so two things here. I joked in the House Hall press room on Monday afternoon that if you looked up a Google image of St. Omni, it would be a picture of Roquan Smith with glasses and a mustache, right? Like this is, hey, it's uh, St. Omni. I'm just calling to see if you have any interest in Roquan Smith, right? Like that's that's the type of calls you envision happening to the Seahawks and the Chargers and the other teams that might be interested in a good Will linebacker. I think at the very least, it adds to the frustration that Ryan Poles and his contract negotiation team have felt since the very start of this and feeling like, man, we could make business happen a lot smoother and a lot more gracefully if we had somebody that was experienced in NFL contract negotiations. It's one thing to have sort of a, a broad brush look at how a deal should come together. It's another thing to have actually negotiated NFL contracts. And when you don't have that, all of a sudden it adds complicating factors and tension that doesn't need to be there. And it just really, really muddles up the process. And I think there's a, a level of agitation inside the front office right now at Hallis Hall uh, that isn't helping Roquan's cause to be certain. And, and, and hopefully uh, it doesn't impede this process to a, a point where we're still talking about this as our lead segment you know, into September. My last thought on this is that the longer this goes on, the more it favors the Bears. They have all the leverage here. And I do wonder at what point in time Roquan Smith needs to get some advice from some adult in the room and say, you, you need to compromise a deal, get the security, or else you're going to be forced to a situation. You're going to choose either not to play or play for the remainder of your contract, get paid nine and a half million dollars or whatever it is, and then risk being uh, playing under the franchise tag next year. So these are the kind of questions I hope somebody is raising and bringing to his attention because it's gone on far too long. There's no question about that. And hopefully they find a resolution very, very soon in some way, some way. All right. 